0: Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth show forth thy praise, O God. Make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 98 Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has performed wonders. His right hand and holy arm have won him victory. The Lord has made his victory known. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen our God's victory. Let the whole earth shout to the Lord. Be jubilant. Shout for joy and sing. Sing to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and melodious song. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout triumphantly in the presence of the Lord our King. Let the sea and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it, resound. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains shout together for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world righteously and the peoples fairly. Amen. Our reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at the 10th verse. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, angels long and long. To catch a glimpse of these things, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we are making our way through First Peter together, and uh, it's it's a short reading for today, uh, just because we're taking uh, we're taking this in little snippets, little tiny bits. And uh, he begins here in in verse ten, uh, remembering that he's writing to people in exile specifically uh the dispersed which some people assume to mean the church uh, meaning people who left jerusalem and went out to the four corners of the world because they were being persecuted others believe it to be actual jewish believers uh, who were who were kicked out of rome and elsewhere because of their jewishness uh were a combination of the two but here he, he begins saying, concerning this salvation. Well, what salvation? Well, the rece- receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls, is where we ended in verse 9. The salvation of your souls, the, the, the goal of your faith being this redemption of yourself. Concerning this salvation or this, this goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. It, it, it's interesting to think about well, what, what prophets are he talking about? Is he talking about here? Uh, is, he, is he speaking of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel and all those prophets in the Old Testament? Is he speaking of prophets like say, uh, Simeon and, and Anna in, in uh, Luke? In, in which you have these, these uh, two elderly folks uh, who've been waiting in the temple to be able to see Jesus. Uh, who, who is he speaking about? And, and uh, the understanding we can gather it, from it is that these were people who were waiting. That's all we know is that they were people who were waiting for the coming Messiah. They were people in this perpetual advent. They were people that were uh, continuously uh, desiring to know when the Christ was going to come. They, they were ones, for instance, that were having this, this faith, that was trusting God that this redemption was going to come. And they were waiting and waiting and waiting for this Jesus to come to, to save them, to save them from themselves, to save them from their sins, as, as Matthew 1 tells us. Uh, But uh, they're, they're ones who prophesied about the grace of God, about the gift of God. When you see grace, you often have to think of gift. You have to think of God being the one who's bestowing something on you, something that you're receiving without your working for it. And so they were ones who were speaking of this grace of God giving And so we can go all the way back to Moses if we needed to and Abraham and and elsewhere of the amount of times that God gives and that gift comes through faith, through trusting that God is truly going to give those things. But here talking about those who prophesied about the grace that would come to you, that is through Jesus, there's this gift of the redemption of your souls, holiness applied to you because Christ says you are now, not because you've done something amazing and they, it says they searched and they carefully investigated. This is an important little phrase here, this idea that they were ones who searched and carefully investigated. It's, it, it it, gives us a proper understanding of in part what our job is as Christians, to spend our times in the Word, spend our times under teaching of someone, spend our times uh, in church or, or wherever, uh, carefully, taking the time to investigate this, this truth to investigate this reality of who this Jesus is and what he is going to do continuously seeking it out, trying to make sure that it's true. It goes along with, with the reading in acts where, where Paul, uh, and, and I believe it's Paul and Silas uh, end up at, or maybe it's Paul and Barnabas. I can't remember. Uh, anyways um they they end up at uh, berea and and we have a lot of baptist churches specifically called berean my, my wife and i were part of one for a dozen years or so a long time ago uh, but the it, it says of them that they were ones who carefully searched the scriptures to make sure that what they were being told by paul and his companions was true seeking out truth that's a difficult word for us in today's day and age, isn't it? This notion of truth, right? This notion that there is something true that we're supposed to seek out, discover, and hold tightly. And I, and I think that's that's something that, that often gets lost on a large percentage of our culture. This idea of, of truth of the fact that there is something that is real and there are other things that are not. And we want to be handed those things that are real because we need that truth in our lives. We need the reality, the truth of what it is that God is giving to us. Because otherwise we spend our entire lives thinking that it's all up to us, which is a lie. We can do all we want to try and make it be up to us, but we're going to fail every single time and so here we have these prophets of grace who are spending their days seeking out the scriptures looking into them digging into them to investigate and see when this christ was to come says they inquired into what time or what circumstances the spirit of christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of christ and the glories that would follow that this is the, the common practice of God. Suffering comes first and glory comes second. The, the idea being that, that most good things don't come without some sort of hard work or even some suffering. You can think about uh, working out, for instance, right? Like today, I I do my, my workouts every morning. And uh, today it was a lot of pull ups and uh some other some other work on my shoulders and my chest and 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 those sorts of things and it's totally fine like the first uh couple of sets but as as you get further into the workout you start going why did i decide to do this this morning Uh, because it's it starts to hurt a little bit not like pain hurt but it's really starting to push you But realizing that pushing, that working is making you stronger. Well, you're talking about the sufferings of Christ and the glories that will follow. The suffering of this Jesus, this Jesus who dies, that his glory, his, his enthronement as the king of the universe, uh, that the king of all creation, that the the, the sufferings that he receives on the throne of his cross, pale in comparison to the glories that he receives now sitting at the right hand of the father, the the pale in comparison to the throne that he will have at the end of the age in which he'll judge both the living and the dead. This, this suffering that he has gone through and, and we in the Western world, the first world, we tend to see suffering as an inconvenience. We see suffering as uh, something that needs to be avoided in, when the reality is, is that life is always full of suffering. We have whole generations now, uh, younger than me, who they've basically been told that you're never supposed to have a bad day. And if you have a bad day, oh, that's horrible. And you should complain and you should protest and you should do all these things. Never realizing that life is all about overcoming suffering moving past suffering, uh, having God be one who carries us through suffering, the blessings of God coming in that way. And then eventually it leads to glory. We're, we're told in 1 Corinthians 15 that, that this, this, this body will die, this, this mortal body will die. We will be raised bodily with new bodies heavenly bodies, glorious bodies, these bodies of glory, these these bodies that will never get sick again, never deal with suffering again. And so instead of trying to avoid the sufferings in which, in, in which it's a, that's a very perfect message to be giving to this church that he's writing to because we're wanting to talk to a church that is in the midst of suffering. This is a a church that is dispersed, that's that's being persecuted, and helping them know it's going to be okay. It's going to suck for a while, but it's going to be it's going to be okay. Then, verse twelve: It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Do you spend the time thinking about those who have gone before you in the faith? you spend your time thinking about those who uh, have have preached to you the gospel? Do you think about those who've carried you along in faith to help grow you as the person you are uh, becoming or have become? Do, do you think about the uh, life given to you in Christ through someone being willing to take a moment to preach to you, to offer to you the grace of God. I do wonder if, if we are our ones who who ever think about those who've gone before us, who've nurtured us in the faith. We are such a consumerist society that we, you know, if we are given anything through the scriptures or through church, we, we almost assume that we've deserved it. When in fact I can sit here and think about uh, Linda, uh, Pastor Peyton, uh, Mike Kipp, uh, Mike Ford. I, I can think of so many who, who were there to create in me uh, this yearning for God through the preaching of the word to me, through the preaching of the gospel to me. That it is that it says here, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, that these people who have gone before you to preach to you, the scriptures, to nurture you in faith, to, to bring you to faith, to bring you in as children of God, they weren't serving themselves. They were serving you and their King. And it's a a comfort for me as a pastor too to try and think of the fact that I don't serve myself but I serve you and I serve my people for the purpose of preaching this gospel of grace, that the Holy Spirit somehow works for me to bring some word of comfort to someone, some word of knowledge, some word of wisdom through the power of the gospel, the grace of God handed to you for your sake. And I love how that this section ends. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. They long to see it come to fruition. They long to have the party in heaven, to be gathered with the church, to rejoice before the throne of God. We pray that that would be what would come for us. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all that trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that you, being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through this temporal world that we finally lose not the things eternal, through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God world without end. Amen. Well, church, make sure you're sharing this with friends and family. And help us to, to grow this ministry that we're trying to do here, of just sharing in a few minutes every week the, the grace and gospel of our Lord Jesus to bring us some comfort and some rest and some some solitude in his, in his arms and in his word. You can subscribe as well on whatever uh, podcast uh, device you are listening to, whatever app you are listening to this on. Uh, But I hope that you have a wonderful week here, and we will see you later. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.